0: This is Abby Newton and you are listening to Exposure on IMPACT 89FM. Russia President Vladimir Putin approved a draft bill that would annex the Black Sea Peninsula, bringing Crimea into the Russian Federation. This is after about 97% of Crimea voters supported a referendum for a union to Russia. However, the U.S. and Europe do not recognize the vote, saying it was actually illegal. To fully understand the whole situation and its potential impacts in the states and abroad, I invited assistant professor of the Department of History, Matthew Polly into the studio. So what does that mean now in terms of what events will we see in Russia and in Crimea from this referendum?
1: So first of all, I think we need to be skeptical about the 97%. That's a highly inflated figure mm-hmm. um, uh, in all likelihood of, uh, you know, so I think it's somewhere in 83% uh, voter turnout was announced by Crimean election authorities, and that itself was inflated mm-hmm. given that 12% of the population is Crimean Tatar. And their uh, semi-formal parliament called the Medjilis, Asked them to boycott the vote entirely, right? And another 24% of the population is Ukrainian, and anecdotal evidence suggests they boycotted the election as well. Um, so uh, high voter turnout is probably not mm-hmm. as it was. Ninety-seven percent seems absolutely inflated. In the city of uh, Sevastopol, which is the capital, or excuse me, the the location of the uh, naval base for the Black Sea Fleet, the Russian Black Sea Fleet, it was reported at one hundred and twenty-three percent in favor of unification with Russia. So that's an impossibility, <laughs> right? Um, so clearly. Uh, they've rigged the numbers. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely clear. Um, Nevertheless, I I would guess that it's still representative of sentiment in Crimea now. We know prior to the ousting of Yanukovych, there was a very good poll done by a reputable think tank in Kiev that suggested only 40% of the population in Crimea wanted unification with Mm -hmm. Russia. Those numbers probably have changed Um, I bet they've ticked above 50%, but 97% seems um, highly, highly exaggerated, right? So uh, certainly, I think it is generally, however, indicative of ethnic Russians being uncomfortable with the state of affairs Mm -hmm. in in Ukraine, fearful of what has gone on in Kiev uh, since November of last year, scared of the pictures they saw of people throwing Molotov cocktails uh, against authorities and fires raging in the center of Kiev. So they're worried that that sort of violence might come down to them, but nothing of that Mm -hmm. has occurred so far. Um, Nothing has really changed for Crimea. They previously to this or previous to this vote, they enjoyed incredible incredible, uh, autonomy under the Ukrainian constitution. Nothing was threatened mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in Kiev about a uh, possible modification for to that autonomy. So I, I think people are voting uh, out of a fear and anxiety, and you know, a good portion of them were never comfortable with being citizens of Ukraine. They had been citizens of the Soviet Union before when this region was transferred to Ukrainian authority by Khrushchev in 1954. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean all that much because it was one big country called the Soviet Union. When the Soviet Union fell apart, people were anxious about being in a new state called independent Ukraine. But there was a balance achieved in the 1990s uh, when in 1992 autonomy was first authorized for Mm -hmm. Crimea. And they've enjoyed relatively generous autonomy, certainly more autonomy than any other autonomous unit in the Russian Federation enjoys. Um, by virtue of a 1998 constitution for the Crimean, what was the Crimean Autonomous Republic? So, um, so the you know where we stand now? Who knows? I I, I don't think it's ever going back to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Ukraine uh, and the government in Kiev will remain defiant about Russia's annexation, which seems to be. Certainly in the offing, right, President Putin has authorized the annexation and simply needs to pass through um, uh, the Russian legislature for this to become a matter of law. And the Russian legislature is controlled um, by Putin's um, political party. So that's, I think, a near certainty. Um, so I, I don't think we're reversing the clock. You, Kiev will be upset. They may cut off supplies of um, gas, electricity mm-hmm. and water to Crimea in an attempt to... Um, mount up the pressure against uh, uh, against the, the government of Crimea, which um, uh, is, in my view, an illegitimate government. So um, uh, the government or the governing party that is now in control of Crimea was enjoyed only 4% uh, um, of the uh, vote in 2010 elections for the uh, uh, regional legislature or the Republican legislature, that is the legislature for the autonom- what was the Autonomous Republic of Crimea. So it's a party without real political backing. It's the president, the self-declared president mm-hmm. of Crimea, um, which is being uh, accepted into the Russian Federation as a republic by itself, right? So it's going to be have some sort of autonomous Republican status in the Russian Federation. Anyhow, it has a head of office, a uh, president by the name of Aksyanov. Um, who is known to have ties uh, to criminal elements? Um, is reportedly um, uh, was reportedly a minor criminal boss in the in Crimea in the 1990s um, by the name of Goblin. Uh, so he's, uh, he's somebody who certainly has a shady past, and I think we have reason to fear that um, you know Crimea is going to devolve into a state-run by political elements connected to organized crime just now under the protection of Russian arms. Um, So, you know, I'm pessimistic about the future of Crimea. It could get even worse. Some people are predicting even worse. So there's this Muslim minority population uh, of Crimean Tatars, 12 percent, a population that was deported by Stalin at the end of the Second World War for alleged collaboration with, The German army. Uh, Minority probably did collaborate, but the majority most certainly did not. Stalin didn't really care. He deported the whole population, the whole nation, down to the last child uh, to uh, Central Asia and Siberia, largely to uh, what is now Uzbekistan. And they've been in firm alliance with sort of center-right political parties in Kiev, they view Ukraine as their protector against a Russian population that came in the aftermath. I mean, there's always been, since Catherine's conquest of, the, the, of Crimea, um, there's always been a uh, Russian population, but it it rose in significant numbers after the deportation of the Crimean Tatars. Right, so ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians as well came to supplant the Crimeans who were deported. Mm. Um, but the Crimeans are concerned this might happen again. They sort of equate the Russian Federation with the Soviet Union that deported their their um, ancestors and viewed Ukraine as a as a protector and their only balance against a Russian major- majority in Crimea, which is at uh, currently at 50 per- 58%, will probably rise, I imagine, as some ethnic Ukrainians leave Crimea, maybe even some Crimean Tatars. Who knows? I've always said these people aren't going anywhere. They fought mm-hmm. very hard to get back as the Soviet Union fell apart. They started returning on their own accord, reclaiming the houses and land that were taken from them or attempting to do so. And they've always insisted they're going to remain by the graves of their uh, ancestors, not go anywhere. So uh, who knows, ultimately, but there's some suggestion out there by pundits that, you know, that they may turn violent, there's certainly not a a violent people, they've never engaged in any sort of violence against um, even uh, the Crimean uh, autonomous Republican authorities, but that's a possibilities. Mm-hmm. So there was an op-ed in the New York, New York Times about this today.
0: And looking at that legality aspect. So, you know, the United States and the European Union didn't recognize the referendum as an appropriate vote. And so in terms of those different countries. How will that interaction work in that relationship as Russia continues to move forward? But then the European Union and the America saying, wait, this isn't real.
1: Right. So uh, it's going to be a sticking point. Mm-hmm. I, I just think Russia doesn't care ultimately. Right. right? Um, uh, I think Putin, I mean, a lot of this has surprised people like myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I thought Russia was in the game of intimidation, but it would seem pretty clear once these Troops moved outside their base and started occupying and surrounding Ukrainian bases in Crimea that something bigger was going on and in my opinion, once that had happened, Crimea's fate was sealed right mm-hmm. uh, once you had essentially a foreign military occupation of a sovereign uh, territory right yeah <laughs> right. absolutely so um, uh, so I, I think Putin uh, sort of anticipated what, uh, whatever sort of punishment. Would come certainly anticipated non-recognition mm-hmm. of this annexation, as well as these sanctions and visa prohibitions against eleven figures of the Ukrainian uh, sort of former Ukrainian government mm-hmm. of President Yanukovych, as well as um, members of the the Russian government. Those have come. There's been travel bans and seizure, freezing sure. of assets of these people. But I think that by and large. Putin prepared for and mm-hmm. just simply doesn't care. So so, uh, so I, I think much of the world will not recognize this annexation. Um, but for Putin, it doesn't matter. And um, it's not going to reverse mm-hmm. his course in Crimea. The bigger question is, of course, what is going to happen to mm-hmm. the rest of Ukraine? And we simply don't know. I mean, I am more fearful and pessimistic than I've ever been. I've uh, ridden and said on many occasions that i don't think ukraine would split up were not for um russia the russian military's involvement um uh, so people projecting this ever since ukraine achieved independence in 1991 that the country is sort of artificial and will naturally split into a Ukrainian-speaking portion and a Russian-speaking portion. I've always insisted it really doesn't matter what language people speak. In fact, all Ukrainians, of course, speak Russian, and there's only one uh, portion of the country where Ukrainian really predominates. uh, In in the capital, Russian is the ordinary language you hear, Mm -hmm. and certainly in the East, uh, it's the predominant language. But people, by and large, accept something called Ukraine and accept... Ukrainian territorial integrity. I mean, there are sentiments to the contrary, but they're still a minority, I, I, I'd insist, uh, on the basis of polling data done uh, before Yanukovych is ousting. So, um, for Crimea, uh, as I said, only uh, so it's a significant proportion of the population, but still a minority, right? 40% of the Crimean population favored unification with mm-hmm. Russia before all this happened. So, st- that means 60% still favored unity with Ukraine. Um, the next possible place um, uh, where you would see this is in uh, Donetsk, and I believe it was, um, uh, if I'm not incorrect, I figure around 33%, something like that in favor of unification with okay. Russia. So a majority is still in favor of unification mm-hmm. with Ukraine. So I, I think Ukraine, left to its own devices, would stay intact, but okay. the, the wild card is, is will the, the Russian army invade? And I think Putin certainly has the power to do this. I don't think the Ukrainian military is going to hold up to any invasion. One wonders how they'll respond. I think they will respond. They haven't really responded in Crimea, although there was a report today Mm -hmm. that um, at least one Ukrainian serviceman died as a result of a Russian seizure of Ukrainian military installation in Crimea. I think they have to respond if something happens in eastern Ukraine. There will definitely be bloodshed and God knows where where things will go from there um i hope that russia is content i suppose as is a, is a way to put it with what they've done in crimea and now these further troop maneuvers uh uh that the russians are conducting along the border mm-hmm. of ukraine are simply a matter of intimidation that they've inflicted their harm against the government in kiev this interim government that they distaste and um Uh, and have sent a signal to the West that the the West and the United States is essentially powerless Mm -hmm. to stop them and that this is within the sphere of Russian influence. So I hope it's about political posturing and signaling, but the danger is certainly there. And the the, um, communications I've had from my friends in Ukraine suggest rising fear and anxiety, right? So especially in the East where you have seen These pro Russian demonstrations. uh, There's been, I mean, it's been fairly widely reported in the Ukrainian media, bolstered by Western media reports as well, that um, Russians and citizens, that is, citizens from the Russian Federation, are coming, crossing the border into Ukraine and helping stage these protests. Certainly, there's Ukrainian citizens involved in them as well, but I don't think you would have them in the way that you do now if it weren't for the involvement of. Russian citizens and there's been these reports you know so there's but there's a biker gang that came down to Crimea um, uh, and um, other sort of Russian nationalist groups that came to Crimea to defend Russians against a non-existent threat but they were there all the same um, and uh, and they've all said they're now moving on to eastern Ukraine so so um, so hopefully Ukraine can prevent that from happening mm-hmm. and control its own borders.
0: And what is Putin's ultimate gain in this situation? I mean, is there, again, you talked about kind of the political staunch, if you will, but are there other things you predict that he's after or is this step one? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I don't know, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to be in Putin's head. As I said, many of us were surprised that he went as far as he did. I mean, I think he is. his narrative is that uh, Ukraine is fundamentally within the Russian sphere of influence. And he was alarmed by the change in government in Ukraine um, and, uh, and uh, wants to send a signal to Ukraine that they can't go in the direction that they seem mm-hmm. to be going. Um, some people suggest that he wants to swallow up Ukraine entirely. I find that hard to believe, but I'm willing to believe a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the question is, does he simply want to, you know, split off another part and leave a rump state of Ukraine? If he does that, it could, I mean, I think everything's counterproductive, right? That he's it's going to be a headache to control Crimea. It's going to require significant budgetary expenditures from the Russian government. They face the possibility of a Muslim a um, uh, centered insurrection against their rule. They've had problems with this in their own uh, controlled territory in the Northern Caucasus. Um, and then if they take part of eastern Ukraine and they leave uh, part of Ukraine that they would not find as easily as easy to control, they're confronted with a rump Ukraine that is absolutely antagonistic towards Russia and will likely do its best to Integrate into NATO structures, and NATO will expand that much further east. I mean, these are all hypothetical scenarios, but who who knows Mm -hmm. ultimately? So, you know, I I think Putin also, as he suggested in his comments today, views this as entirely consistent with what the United States has done in the past. So he raises. U.S. intervention in Mm -hmm. sovereign affairs of Mm -hmm. other countries, notably Iraq and Afghanistan, but is fond of talking about the Kosovo example where U.S.-led NATO forces intervened um, to protect a a Kosovar um, Muslim uh, community and helped create the conditions for a vote on Kosovo independence from Serbia. The difference there, of course, is... Uh, a referendum that happened um uh had a long lead up and of course um American and NATO intervention was actually in response to something that there was there were real mm-hmm. Serbian uh atrocities being committed against the Kosovar community there has been none of this in in Crimea and really none of this in eastern Ukraine and when we're speaking about the rights of ethnic Russians in Ukraine proper, that's still very much a minority. So there's no other place beyond Crimea where Russians occupy Mm -hmm. a majority um, uh, position. So we're really speaking about um, the rights of Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Um, And uh, as I've said already, there's nothing that threatens their ability to speak Russian or educate their children in, Mm -hmm. in, in Russian. And in fact, the government in Kiev has just announced um, further measures to sort of decentralize educational policy and policing policy to really make it, quite frankly, more akin to what we do in this country where schools are run by local bodies or the state, right? And then the police functions are by and large the function of local communities. So Mm -hmm. that seems to be something that should satisfy, I would think, the majority of Reasonably minded mm-hmm. um, Ukrainians.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Putin did say Crimea was stolen from his country. It's an integral part. So that was really interesting as I was reading through different news articles, hearing that quote from him almost as if it was taken from me and I must take it back. You right. know, it was really interesting. Uh, now, in terms of here in the States, what impacts do you think, maybe economically or even socially, this could have in the future in the next couple months? It's hard to predict, but it's, I didn't know. Yeah,
1: it is hard to predict. I mean, obviously, there are critics of uh, President Obama who have since merged. Well, they've always been there, of course, <laughs> saying that he hasn't taken a hard enough line against mm-hmm. Russia in terms of its aggressive, um, what they view as aggressive foreign policy vis a vis Syria, right? Uh, protection of the, the uh, repressive Syrian regime. There, those people will, I think, become more shrill <laughs> mm-hmm. in tone. <coughs> Um, uh, and so we'll see that. Um, and I I expect, uh, I I would think that Obama's, uh, that the Obama administration has, is going to have to go farther than what it did, um, uh, yesterday in terms of announcing, uh, the sanctions against just 11 Mm -hmm. individuals. Um, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, so you have to, I I I think, ask an economist for a really good, intelligent, sophisticated answer on that question. Um, but people are worried about sort of the, the currency markets, um, uh, mutual fund markets mm-hmm. that um, uh, many Americans have uh, invested in that, um, c- that have a stake in, in, Russian, in Russian property. Um, uh, ExxonMobil has a big contract with, um, with uh, a, a Russian energy supplier and apparently has been – Um, uh, on the defensive that is arguing against further sanctions on Russia and cautioning Obama to be careful in how he proceeds with these sanctions. So there there are business interests in the United States that certainly don't want to see the the sort of uh, international financial system brought under stress by further sanctions or what other punitive measures might be considered against Russia. And that's sort of a countervailing pressure against the Obama administration to really affect policy that might might force the Russian government to change. In the end, I think we're very limited in what we can do uh, regarding uh, this and, and future actions. From Russia, obviously, we'll do our best to sort of bolster the feelings of confidence of other NATO member states, particularly Poland and the Baltic states, who are mm-hmm. leading um, uh, the charge, as it were, for um, for NATO to be vigilant against what they view as as a very real Russian threat to their own security. And we've offered some, you know, additional jets. I believe uh, certainly um, use of surveillance planes. As well, um, Senator McCain of Arizona is calling for um, more real uh, uh, military aid, not just to these states, but to the government, the mm-hmm. interim government of mm-hmm. Ukraine, which is, of course, not a NATO member state, but uh, but he's calling for. Um, transfer of um i, I believe um uh, handheld weapons sort of small scale weapons to mm-hmm. ukraine so they might defend themselves against a russian threat and that suggests a whole uh, other escalation that oh, i'm not really. sure we want to we want to ultimately <laughs> consider but mm-hmm. you know so uh so we i i suppose we might feel something in terms of prices for um uh energy, petroleum, and gas, but the United States is, you know, in the past decade, really, in terms of gas, um, occupies a greater position of um, energy independence Mm -hmm. um, relative to Europe. Europe, particularly Germany, remains very dependent on Russian-supplied gas, and it's probably the citizens of Europe who have, um, and the EU, have much more to fear um, from the disruptions in energy supply and the international economy that might result from this tension with Russia.
0: That gives us a nice idea. In summary, it just cracks the surface of this complex situation. Anything? Any final thoughts from you, Professor Polly?
1: No, it's. I mean, it's it's absolutely complex. <laughs> I've tried to, my best <laughs> to explain this to my own <laughs> students, and um, you know, it's it's hard to. Um, hard to unpack. Um, you know, I, 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 I guess I'd just say that I hope it stops here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited in one, uh, at one level that people are f- interested in a part of the world in mm-hmm. which I study, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've um, been advocating for study of this part of the world, uh, obvi- obviously always to my students, but um, this is not the kind of fame for the region uh, in which I study that I ultimately ultimately want. So...
0: Well, thank you very much, Professor Polly. I'm sure your head is spinning as you are constantly asked these questions and constantly trying to figure it out and predict the next move. But with that, we say thank you and good night.
1: Thanks for having me. Good night.